I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. Hi, I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on your brand as a speaker. Sally Hogshead, who is the New York Times bestselling author, says to communicate effectively, you need to understand how the world sees you. This is critical when you're delivering a speech. For instance, you might think that you're funny. So you frame your next speech with humour, but if nobody else thinks you're funny, you're left delivering jokes for 45 minutes to an audience that's distracted, fidgety and bored. If you take the time to identify your unique differences, the communication traits that you naturally use to command attention, your audiences will be enthralled and you will be more confident and memorable. It's an absolutely key phrase that she says because you do want to be memorable for your audiences and one way that you can do that is being confident in the way that you convey your message. So I've looked at a lot of different definitions of brand and I found one by Kotler, which is the act of design and the, the offering and the image to occupy a distinctive place in the mind of the target market. There's a few really key elements there. One being your target market. Really, really important that you start with the end in mind, know your target market and that you convey your image to occupy a distinctive place in the mind of your audience. You want people to think of you When they think of your market, they think of your field. So if I was to say to you, fast food restaurant, not everyone, but many people would likely think McDonald's immediately. If I said to you, cola drink, most people would automatically think of Coca-Cola. It's likely to be up there in the top brands that you think of. And it's due to each of the companies having a really successful brand and good positioning in their market, which means you employ the mind space of your audience. You want to do exactly the same thing in your speaking. So if we look at a couple of different examples, so um, one of the biggest brands that many people know is Apple. They've got a huge brand following. They've cemented their position in the market and so much so that when a new product is coming out, when it's being released, very little information is released about the product. Very little information is released about the features and the benefits and stuff. And then adverts show, you know, really basic images. It shows the images. It doesn't show you what the camera is going to be like, how many pixels, what the resolution of it is. It literally shows you a picture of the phone. And people's brand following, having such a big brand following, means that people just become raving fans. People will queue up for hours, days, whatever it takes to get the brand new product. And quite often... It's not even something that they need. They've just become such a raving fan of it. So when people are a raving fan, they'll buy things. You know, they'll buy an iWatch when they've already got an iPhone. They'll buy a Mac and an iWatch and an iPhone. You don't need all of them, but people buy into the brand rather than the individual products. So you get some brand loyalty there. If you pitch your product or your service, if you have one to offer, and you can create a raven fan, even if your, your product or service is your speeches, you can create raven fans. You can have this fan base who will continue to buy more of your products and services if you offer them or want to listen to what you've got to say ahead of anybody else. So how do you achieve it then? Well, there's a ton of different factors as to how you can achieve it. But if we look at one uh, a time, I'm going to give you headline figures, headline facts, and you can work your way through them. So... The first point I'm going to focus on is standing out from the crowd. There are likely to be presenters or speakers in your field who are, you know, offering a similar product or service or talking about the same field that you are, talking about the same information, but maybe in a different format. So you want to ensure that you stand out from the crowd. 
Dr. Seuss, I've mentioned it in many different episodes, says, why fit in when you were born to stand out? And it's absolutely true. You want to stand out to be memorable. You want to stand out to pique the interest of your audience and to create an intrigue where you can so that people want to listen to what you've got to say. You want to be known as a leader within your field. You want to be known as the go-to person in your field, whatever that might be. So how are you going to achieve that? Okay, step by step. The language that you use, maybe you've got a particular rhythm to the way that you speak. Some of the people that I'm thinking of at the present who I'm mentoring have have a really rhythmic way of speaking it makes them different it makes them stand out maybe you use like certain words words or phrases or you know even like a catchphrase not a cheesy corny catchphrase but something that you say regularly or like a bit of a tagline what makes you stand out could be the way that you address your audience the content you create it could be the information and the content um, it could be something that helps to connect you with your audience so if you've got like a really unique method of communication, you can be memorable for all of the right reasons and stand out against your competition. Could be that it's the subject that you talk about. Maybe that in itself is quite unique. Maybe it's quite a niche subject matter. So when you're presenting or pitching or you're public speaking, um, it's really important to speak about something that you obviously have good knowledge of, but also that you've got a passion for. We touched upon this in the last episode as well. So there might be others who speak in, in your field about the same thing, but no two speakers are exactly the same. It could be that your content is similar in some formats, but the way in which you deliver it is different. could be something as, as simple as what you wear or the way that you look. A huge part of your brand can be the way that you look. So it might be, you know, a particular distinctive type of clothing that you wear or something that you wear regularly. Maybe it's a, a waistcoat if you're a gent and you're known for wearing a waistcoat regularly. Dixie Walker comes to mind, property investor that I know. Um, it might be that something you wear is maybe a little bit different or it might be that, you know, for a particular colour or something, you know, a hairstyle that makes you stand out. So many of you listening might actually know that I speak on stage for progressive property quite often. And anyone who's seen or been to a progressive property event, it very rarely goes unnoticed that most of the speakers on stage stand in striped outfits. Gents tend to be in a striped shirt, ladies in a striped blouse or top or dress. And we do that because it's a look that makes us stand up and stand out against all other property investors and property speakers in the market. Now that came about from Rob and Mark identifying in their market that when they went to networking events or when they went to the estate agents, everyone had a kind of uniform, although the gents they were looking at had a kind of uniform. It might have been, you know, a, a navy or a, a dark suit a white or a blue or a pale pink shirt and nothing really distinctive. So they stood up and stood out by wearing multicoloured striped shirts. And that's become a big part of the brand of Progressive Property. So, you know, I'm really proud to stand up on stage and wear that uniform, if you like. It's not a uniform because we all wear different things, but it's to both stand up and say, this is what I stand for and stand against, and also stand out against the crowd. Don't forget, remember why you fit in when you were born to stand out. So that's looking at standing out from the crowd. But in addition to that, there's got to be consistency. I'm really honoured that one of the compliments I get quite often is that I'm the same on and off stage, that there's no kind of front stage, backstage, that I'm the same person on and off stage. And that's really, really important to me in terms of congruence because the congruence leads to trust, in my opinion, and, and that's definitely what I've found. People are much more likely to trust you and in turn, if you're offering a product or a service 
or you know some mentorship some form of service then they are more likely to buy into you if there's consistency in there if there's consistency in the way that you speak the way that you behave the way that you um address people both on and off stage on and off camera if you're doing a lot of camera work on and off presentation there's got to be consistency also in regards to your showing up so to create if we're talking about creating yourself a fan base with your brand you need to have the mind space of your audience and that that's not achieved by turning up once in a blue moon what do i mean by turning up not necessarily physically being at an event but i mean that you've got the mind space of your audience so you know all over social media social media is your best asset in this in this format you can cover all of the bases from facebook to linkedin to twitter you know, so maybe you do consistently a Facebook Live on a particular day each week, or maybe your podcast is delivered on a certain day for me every other week on a Monday. And I know that if something doesn't get, you know, if there's an issue and it doesn't get released, I get messages saying, well, I was looking forward to the podcast today. Where is it? Massive confidence boost for you when you're delivering, but also it shows that people are, are wanting what you're offering. So maybe it's that you do, you know, uh, an Instagram post. Maybe you do a, a quote of the day on Instagram. Social media and the internet presence is your greatest tool to help build your brand right now. So it's not just about building a brand. It's about building your brand as a speaker. And there's loads of different ways that you can do that. So I've I've looked into quite a lot around branding because it's something that I'm really focusing on at the minute. And I found a quote from John C. Maxwell, who is an international leadership expert that says, people buy into the leader before they buy into the vision. People buy into the leader before they buy into the vision. People buy into people, don't they? So if you're aiming to build a brand following, if you're aiming to build, you know, an army of fans, you need them to buy into you as the leader, whether that be you as the individual or you as as the brand. So in order to do this, you've got you've got to have a, a brand that is known for standing up for things. So people know what you stand for, people know what you represent. And importantly as well, what you stand against and what you oppose. It is important to note at this point that you can't please all of the people all of the time and the more comfortable you get with that, the more quickly you get comfortable with that, the better. There will be people who dislike your blog, your podcast, your Facebook videos, whatever it might be, just because sometimes it's that, you know, they see you too often maybe. Sometimes it's that they dislike the way that your hair is, they don't like your voice. Fully aware that I am a scouser and I know I will divide an audience with this accent And I'm cool with that because you don't want everyone to like you. You want everyone to have an opinion on you, you as the brand or you as the speaker. So remember, you can't please all of the people all of the time. And it's likely that people are going to disagree with you for what you stand up for. Um, Vice versa, that they'll like you or loathe you, disagree with what you stand against. Love them or loathe them, all of the greatest orators in history have achieved their success and their recognition based upon what they stand up for usually. So if we go kind of way back and we look at civil rights activist Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, if you look at Adolf Hitler, Winston Churchill, all known for their speeches throughout history and likely to have both, you know, raving fans and haters alike. One thing that bands them all together, though, is that they're known for standing up for what they stand up for and standing against what they stand against. So if you want to really create that big mass following, you need to be able to be comfortable Standing up for what you stand for, standing against what you stand against. So how else can you build your brand as a speaker? One great way to promote you and to to build up that brand 
is to have fellow speakers or well-respected people within your field promote you and recommend you. So if you've got friends, you've got colleagues, you've got people you know in your field who've already got their own following, who've already got kind of loyal people, if they recommend you, it automatically elevates you. It automatically raises you up in the minds of those fans. It can be a huge benefit for you in terms of your branding and promotion. Because if people know, like, and trust that particular speaker, that particular person, that particular brand, and you are recommended by them, they're much more likely to take note. They have to be easily found, though. So you don't want people to promote you, someone who's got a big following, a big presence, maybe, and they promote you. And then what do you do? When you hear a name or someone recommends a product, a service, a person, what do you do? You go straight onto either social media or onto a search engine to find that person. So you need to be easily found. First point, you've got to have a social media presence. You know, if we're looking at it, how easily can you be found on all the social media platforms? Is your name on there or is your handle on there very different to your own? Or does it mean that your brand means that people struggle to find you as the individual or you as the speaker or your brand? Maybe you're speaking as part of a group or an organisation. You've got to be easily found on social media. So make your social media handles easy to find. Make sure that if there's people with the same name that you stand out. Quite often people will put the real at the start of their name. Make sure that you're easily found. What about Google searches? Do you appear on Google searches at all? And if you do, how high up the rankings are you? Have you got a website? Have you got somewhere that people can access your information? If you've got product or service that you're promoting or that you're selling, can people access those products or service other than when you're like talking to them one-to-one or other than when you're selling them from a stage or in a sales environment? If they can't, you're missing out on branding and you're missing out on sales opportunities. You're missing out on building your brand and in turn your legacy. They're all parts of your branding that as a speaker, you need to be aware of. It's really important to position yourself effectively. There's far too many people who are absolutely amazing at what they do, but they're not being paid what they deserve or what they're worth because they've not marked the territory. They've not marked the space in the minds of their audience. Don't be one of those people. You need to market yourself effectively. So many people have asked on Facebook posts and LinkedIn posts and I've asked for information on what you'd like to know, what you'd like to have covered in podcasts. One thing that comes up quite often is how to become a paid keynote speaker. Fastest way to do that is to build a big brand and to set your price from the start. So there's a couple of things to to take note of at this point, including the, the value or the perceived value. So when I deliver on stage training, I always focus on value and perceived value. And the example I often use to people when I'm talking about this is shoes, because I love shoes. Um, So if I were to say to you, I've got two different pairs of shoes right now. I've got a pair of Louboutins, beautiful Louboutins with a bright red heel. And then I've got a pair of black court shoes from Primark. And I say to you, which ones are better, the Louboutins or the Primark? From my experience, the majority of people will say Louboutin. It's often based on the price, though. It might be true because Louboutins, you know, might be the best value, but I don't think anyone's ever tested them. I'm willing to test if anyone from Louboutin or Primark wants to give me free shoes. Um, but in reality, has anyone ever tested to see which are the most hard-wearing, which last the longest, which are the most comfortable? I don't think anyone has. Quite often, it's just that perceived value, not the actual value in your mind. 
So it may be that the Primark version fare better. They might last longer. They might wear better. They might be more comfortable. But the value quite often is linked to the perception of the brand. It doesn't mean in most instances that one or the other is right. It's the perceived value that's important at this point. And the same is said of you as a speaker. So you've got to determine your price point from the start to ensure that you're valued effectively. Because if you market yourself as the the value option, the cheaper option, you'll often exclude yourself from quite quite a hefty proportion of your market. The same can be said if you overprice yourself. You can, you know, you can price yourself at the exclusive or the luxury end of the market or the high ticket end of the market. You can detract from a huge section of the market that maybe feel they can't afford you. So you've got a really important focus point. The price is what you pay, but the value is what you get. And I don't know if you've ever, ever, say you've gone to the shops and you've been looking at a product and you're looking at something to buy and you've got one that's significantly cheaper than the rest. So say the average price, pick a number out of thin air, is £100. The average price for this particular product, whatever it may be, is £100. And there is one that is significantly cheaper. It's not on an offer. It's not discounted. It's just much cheaper by comparison. I don't know if you've ever thought to yourself, mm, that's too cheap. What's wrong with it? That can be what people think of you if you price yourself too cheap, if you're the free speaker. Now, I've talked in previous episodes about being a free speaker to get known, but if you're in speaking, presenting, pitching sales to to earn a living or to, you know, generate an income for yourself as a public speaker or as a presenter, you don't want to be too cheap where people think, oh, I want something a little bit better because the value may be perceived as lower. Oh, it's the cheaper option. You know, when you go into a supermarket, you see like a savers brand or a big well-known brand. I know I'm definitely guilty of it going, oh, I'm not going to go for the savers brand. It's going to be cheap. It might not, you know, smell as well as nice or it might not taste as nice, depends on what the product is. The same can be said of you as the speaker. If they're cheap for a cheap for a reason, you know, they might not be the best speaker. So don't be too cheap, but also don't be too expensive. So what you need to do is you need to look at the other people within your field, within your market and what they're charging. It's likely that you don't want to be the cheapest, but you also don't want to necessarily be the most expensive. Don't be afraid to market yourself as a a high ticket item, as a high ticket speaker. Because remember, if you high ticket speaker, yes, you might get less speaking gigs, but you don't need many speaking gigs with a high ticket price. So if we say, for example, you market yourself as a £3,000 speaker, you'll do a speech of an hour to 90 minutes at £3,000. You only need to do one of those per month if you're looking to gain £3,000 per month. But what if you market yourself as a £300 per speech speaker? You're going to need to do 10 times as many speeches to earn that same level of income. So, you know, with a higher price, you can still earn more than someone who speaks for free or very, you know, discounted price, gig after gig after gig. So you can identify the right route for you. I think it's really important to look at the, the market, look at what other speakers in your, in your field are charging and commanding as a speaking fee. Look at where you perceive yourself to be. Remember, it's also, it's feasible to discount your price. It's harder to increase it. Now, it may be that you're starting out in speaking. So maybe you're doing the free gigs and then maybe you're doing, you know, your set fee being £1,000 per speech. £1,000 per speech being your set fee. However, you're building your brand. So you're willing to do 10 gigs per year for free. And I'll deliver this particular one for free for you. 
People feel like they're getting a great bargain, a great discount, but you also then need to command the thousand pounds fee when you're speaking in other in other scenarios. So look at what the other people in your field are charging. Don't be the cheapest. Don't necessarily be the most expensive, but do not undervalue what you bring to the table. So let me just give you a quick summary of what I've covered so far. You need to be your own brand. You need to ensure that people have an understanding of who you are, what you stand for and against, and the mind space that you have. You need to build up your fan base and you can do that by having a good social media presence, by turning up consistently, by getting yourself out there, making sure people know where they can reach you, having um, good SEO so people can find you on their Google searches, having a, a decent website where people can contact you. An email address, even if it's an info at whatever your email address for people to get in touch with you. People being able to get in touch with you on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those different areas. People need to be able to get in touch with you so they can become a fan. Be consistent, show up, be the same on and off duty, if you like. So the same on and off stage, the same on and off camera. Be authentically you. Stand up for what you stand up for and stand against what you stand against. You will never please all of the people all of the time. So be true to yourself, be open, be honest and be confident in standing for what you stand for. Make sure that you're easily found. Have a good social media presence, have good contactability, ensure people know who you are, that you're um, known within your field. And one way that you can do that is by marketing yourself effectively. Get other people to promote you. Make sure your brand is out there and make sure you're contactable. Set your standards on your pricing. Don't be too cheap. Don't be too expensive. Remember, price is what you pay, but the value is what you get. But most importantly of all, get out of your own way and get started. Hope that's helped in terms of building up your brand. I'll maybe do a deeper dive on another episode later down the line. So this has been your building your brand and your following episode. Thank you for listening to Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking.